organized the teams who, are, who did things, and she has uh, worked with the speakers, and she's worked with the, the decor people, and just uh, a wonderful woman. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Jill Rivera. Yes, amen. She has been in corporate leadership and economic development for 15 years, both in the public and private sector. She's a marketing specialist, uh, marketing causes, building, building a biblical, biblically-based entrepreneurship program for women and teens, and you're going to hear a little bit more about some of that later. She's a resident of Sanford, married to Mike, and, uh, and has um, seven kids. Yeah, like, whoa, seven kids. And, and I have to tell you, she really has a, a heart for uh, raising up new leaders, in not only in the body of Christ, but everywhere. And uh, we are just so grateful that they have felt, that she and Mike and her family have felt from the Lord, that they are to be planted at City Church for the display of God's splendor. And would you welcome Joe Rivera, please. Y'all thought the room looked good. You should see you from up here. That's fantastic. Um, well, I'm so honored to have had the opportunity to work with some really amazing people who you will hear about. But as a wise man I know says, teamwork makes the dream work. You can let him know I said that. Um, and that is exactly what happened in here today. It is not without all of you um, and especially some specific people who really ran their legs off when I broke mine. So I'm extremely Extremely grateful for that. So this morning, um, we're going to have the opportunity to talk about simplifying our life. Okay, can I get an amen? amen? I'm just saying, I mean, I got seven kids, but y'all run the world. You know what I mean? So, um, all right, so we're going to begin that actually by talking about simplifying our home. If there were things that you could do to make life easier at home, would you do them? Yeah. All right, well, let's learn some of them. Um, and there is no way that I can even talk about beginning to do that because I am so in the process myself. So I'm going to bring up some people who know this way better than I do. Um, and I am so honored to be able to share the stage with some really incredible assets here at City Church. And if you don't know them, you need to write these names down, find them on Facebook, and become their friend because they will enrich your life as they have mine. So it's an honor today. I'd like to first welcome... Somebody I had the opportunity to spend an incredible summer with. I've been honored to be in her home. Uh, she does some amazing things. She moved from Seattle here to help begin this, which is City Church. And if you're anything like me, uh, being a part of this family has changed my life. And we're grateful to her for, for her work there. The Lord called her then to Africa. How many of you would give up swankiness to go to Africa? She was... <laughs> okay, some of you. We're going to call on you, okay? Um, <laughs> she... Uh, she was in Africa. You know the fabulous thing about unsimple jewelry? <laughs> this is an example of the do not. All right. So we may, okay, there you go. Then break it. That's how that works out. All right. So um, the Lord called her from Africa. She was there for 10 years. Now she and her husband lead both the Generation Plus Ministry, which is 55 and older here at City Church. And um, they're also our missions pastors. 
led us. And when I tell you about this woman knows how to take care of detail, I know personally. She's an incredible planner. And down to the period does she have this on point. Um, She downsized, actually, to make this move here and talk about simplifying things. I am honored to be able to welcome the other half of Hank and Joyce, Miss Joyce Shower, if you'll join us today. <laughs> yes. So honored. And if you don't know, this is my lovely son right here who is. <laughs> wow, that's the biggest applause we've had all day. This is live TV. Okay. Um, and also, while Joyce uh, grabs her microphone, uh, we also have the honor of welcoming another incredible, as each of you are, assets to our City Church family. She is the mother of two, one of the most creative people I know, ex- uh, responsible for spearheading a lot of the design that you see here today, and we all know that that is worthy of applause, right? If you like what you see here, you can purchase some of her creations on her fabulous online web boutique, which we will plug later. Um, She ran the Connections Ministry here at City Church for a very long time, helping to take it to where it is today. She, Her gifts are organizing, problem solving. How many of you guys want her to be your friend? Uh, Pairing things down to their simplest form. And with her husband, Dennis, and her amazing daughter, Miss Randy, I would like to bring Miss Janet Crater up to the stage. She has a son, too, but we'll talk about him at the next men's event. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. All right. Welcome to my living room, ladies. Uh, we are going to groan as we sit down. Um, all right. We're going to talk about some things today, and I know that I'm really interested. There is actually a notepad under your plate And I would strongly suggest that you grab pen and paper because the takeaways that you'll receive today um, may actually make your life much simpler. And if we could all do that within an hour and a half, wouldn't we do that? All right. So as we do that, um, I'm going to talk about a couple things. Um, And actually, I'm going to express a problem. (laughs) How many of you guys, if you could get more hours out of the day, would you do that? Okay. Miss Jana knows how. So tell us how, what are some of the things that you do to actually extract more hours out of the day? I don't like to house clean anymore. <laughs> I'm freeing you all from housework. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, it deserves an amen. 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 I've kind of come up with a, uh, a system for living and it's been developed over time being a um a working mom and then going to a stay-at-home homeschooling mom so some of the things that i like to do that make it simple for me is i like to do what's called a two-minute tidy a 10-minute tidy or 15 minutes in my day so some of the things that i do is take the the two-minute route each room if you would just take two minutes of your time uh, you'll you'll find more hours in your day. So at the end of the use e- a timer. When I when okay. I don't do it anymore, but yes, there was times that I actually did a timer. My daughter can attest to that, and you can get your kids involved in that. We're going to take two minutes. We're going to clean the living room, and we're going to put the pillows back, and we're going to fold the the uh, the blankets. Yeah, a senior moment. <laughs> we'll both have those. Yeah, we do. 
And then I take 10 minutes maybe in the areas that require a little bit more time. So the kitchen might take you a few more minutes. The bathroom might take you a few more minutes. And if you have three bathrooms like I do, I only concentrate on the one that uh, maybe guests might come in and see. The rest of them, I free you to close the door. (laughs) And then I have a 15-minute window of time that I like to take for uh, projects that might only require 15 minutes. And yes, set the timer. It's really good, like cleaning your junk drawer or uh, folding a load of laundry and putting it away. And so if you'll, if you'll eke out 15 minutes of time for some of those types of projects that you might not have um, given yourself permission to do those things. And then for bigger projects, you're going to have to t- decide if you want to uh, devote a weekend to um, your, your bedroom or something like okay, that. Okay, so we have a bedroom. So it's challenging because sometimes you just walk in, and if you guys can relate to this, you walk in and you go, okay, it's too overwhelming. I don't know where to start. I'm skipping it and going shopping. Right? Okay. So help us. If we need to tackle something that's overwhelming, how can we start? I really believe that your bedroom, ladies, is your sanctuary. And I don't care what you do, if you're a single mom, if you're a single lady, if you're married, whatever, I believe that your bedroom should be a, a peaceful place. So the one thing that I know that is going to help you is that if you will make your bed every single day, two-thirds of your room is already tidy. Nice, nice. So Write that down. make that a, um, a, a, ha- a form of habit for you. And, or if you have kids in the home, maybe you could pay them to do it for you. <laughs> now that's a really good segue because I know that you have some philosophy about Paying yourself. Yes. So tell me about that. Yes. Um, I I haven't applied this principle in in actually housekeeping, but I think that you could apply it. I used to, um, when I've worked out in the past and and, um, I did jazzercise and things, and I couldn't maybe afford to go and do that anymore, I would actually decide that I was going to pay myself if I would do it at home. And I put that money away, and I tucked it away in a, uh, a shoe in my closet, And at the end of 30 days, then I rewarded myself with either a new pair of shoes or so you could apply that principle in your home. You know, ladies, it would cost you approximately sixty five dollars to have a housekeeper come in and clean your home once a week. So if you want to, you should reward yourself with a monetary amount. And especially if you're reaching for a goal in your home, like maybe a new couch or something specific. Just pay, just pay yourself. You'd be surprised how much it'll motivate you. And how glad are we our husbands aren't here right now? <laughs> right? Um, okay. So, so those are amazing, amazing things. I know I'm getting a lot of it. I've, I've been in Jana's home, and she really does speak to a lot of this. And, and I know that she has secret weapons. Um, so, Mike, would you help us real quick and come behind the couch? And I believe her superhero-like weapons are behind the couch, right? Um, and while he's getting those, what, what other tips can you share with us? Um, I like to, at the beginning of the year, when it's January, you could do it at any time. You can go home this afternoon and do it. I like to make a list. I like to go room by room and sit there for a few minutes and think, what is it that I'd like to do? Um, and I list everything from painting the room to a new 
picture on the wall or uh, any kind of decor idea. Maybe I want to buy a bookshelf. I really think those things through and I write them all down and I label it room by room. And I do that in a good old fashioned spiral notebook. And I find, and you can do this to today when you go home, I find that when I write something down, it helps me to further the goal of getting it done. And when I go back over that list the next year or six months from now, you'd be surprised how many of them you accomplish. You might not ever look at that list again, but it's, a, it's something that God's placed within you to want your home to be a tidy place or whatever it is that you're looking for. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Then I use a journal, and I use that for more of my devotional time, and I let God know that this is my desire. He wants us to have our home life to be the things that we want it to be. So this would be more of the spiritual side of it, and pouring out out your uh, prayers and actually writing them down so that the Lord hears your cry, and and then you'll be amazed and surprised how often he will meet that need in an, in an unusual way. Maybe you want curtains for your living room, but you can't afford them. And you happen by a yard sale one day, and there's six panels, and they're $3. I think Christina did that with some of the bowls back there. We had a God moment in preparation here. So you're saying that in order to help simplify your home, you take it to God? I actually ask God for those things. And and when you verbalize and express them to God, he is so faithful to meet that need. And some of us just don't think to tell God because we think that we're not worthy and deserving of those extra things in our home when we really actually are. That's good. That's good, Jana. We have a couple minutes left because I know Ms. Joyce has a whole ton of things that she's going to share with us. Um, And in simplifying it, give me three things out of there that you couldn't live without. I can't live without my label maker. Amen. <laughs> Everybody needs a Sharpie marker. Yes. Yes. And I have my can opener in here because I thought maybe somebody would bring a can good. <laughs> I like to take things that are used for a different purpose and repurpose them in my home. So I just brought a little uh, okay. show and tell. This is actually a milk crate holder. An antique item. So cute. And, you know, we don't really get too many of those anymore in the store. So I took an, I, I did take an orange juice container and I put pens and pencils and that Wait, kind of that thing. Wait, is that duct tape? And that is actually just duct tape around the outside. We so always impressed. wonder what to do with that end cap of duct tape, right? Now we're seeing it in person. And then I have three, three garbage bags because okay. these are really important. When you go through a room and you're going to do a project... You should have three boxes or three, three bags, three trash bags. It doesn't matter. You're going to have a throwaway. So go in there and throw everything away that needs to go immediately. Then you're going to have a put-away, and you're going to have a staging area for all of your put-away items that don't go in that room. And then you're going to actually put them away when you're done. And then you have a giveaway. So get those, and once you have that bag full, put it right in your car. Give it away. That's good. That's good. Right? That's good stuff. 
You think we're done there, but you haven't even heard anything yet. Miss Joyce, again, having traveled with you, having seen the way that you do some of these things, it, it, I'm in awe of both of you. Dan, I appreciate what you brought to the table, and I'm sure that we're going to hear some of those echoed. Um, so downsizing, you, you've had to do this several times in your life, and you've packed a million things in a baby suitcase. So help us with the importance of downsizing and, and, and how you were able to do some of those things. But one of the things that I think is really important for all of us is that when you open a closet, that you can see what's in there, that you can find what's in there. And so in moving here, we've had to do all of those things. And I decided that I was no longer not going to be able to open up a closet and put my hand on whatever it is I'm looking for. So you want me to give some tips? Sure, yeah. yeah. So one of the things that we did, I did, didn't want to do, but I did it. I had two girlfriends come over, and I tried on every single thing in my closet. Oh. This was painful oh. because they were very honest. And they said, get rid of it. It's too tight. It doesn't look good on you. You know, that was, what, 10 years ago you bought that? That T-shirt's got rips. Get rid of it. And I'm not lying when I tell you, when they were done with me, it was brutal. I had about one-third stuff left in my closet. Because really, if you think about it, if you go in your closet, you probably have two-thirds of things that you don't even wear anymore. You just have your go-to things. We had an amen, amen, amen. I'm amen and with you, sister. So it was painful at the moment, but now I know that anything that I have in my closet fits me and it looks okay and so I would suggest getting two friends one is okay but two is better because you know everybody has different tastes have them come over and get rid of all the stuff in your closet if it doesn't fit you anymore if it doesn't look good on you if it's too tight or too big get rid of it and then you walk walk in your closet or open your closet door and go wow that's pretty good I now I know what I have so that's one suggestion Another suggestion that I have for you for your linens, because we had to get rid of a lot of things. How many towels do you really need? You know, how many hand towels do you really need? How many washcloths do you really need? How many sheets do you really need? So this is my suggestion. This is what I did. I've come up with a system where I say I only need three towels per person. One that you're using, so then you're done, you know, and you throw it in the wash. You've got another one to replace it, and then an extra one, just in case something happens. You only need two sets of sheets. One on the bed, one to put on when you take them off and throw them away. Not throw them away, throw them in the washing machine. <laughs> throw them away, or... ladies, throw them away. <laughs> um, you know, that, that sort of thing. And you can actually, if you've got umpteen towels, pick the ones that you like the best and then give the other ones away. I mean, you could roll up a towel, put a little bow on it, and hand it to a homeless person that's on the corner. You know, you could stick a washcloth in there or something like that. It doesn't have to be brand new. You don't have to think that you're offending if it's not the prettiest towel that you've ever seen. So when you open up your linen closet, there it is. Another thing that I keep in my linen closet is, you know, soaps and shampoos and that sort of thing. And I... You can go to the Dollar Tree, you can get pay a dollar and get a shoebox. You put all your toothbrushes, toothpaste, 
what do you call those things that you pick your teeth with floss? Are you ready for the secret weapons? Yes. Yeah. Put them in there and then just put toothpaste or toothbrush on there so you can just pull it out. I've got some samples back here. <laughs> Same with your soaps. All your little soaps, your big soaps, throw them all in one Dollar Tree. Oh, can I get some oohs and ahs? This what? is what my oh. closets look like. I know. It's, I'm wow. pitiful. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so here you go. Just get these here. These go in your linen closets or your um, hall closets because these fit nicely. These you can get at Ikea. These I keep in my office because they're long enough where you can put them in this way and you don't have to have them this way, which takes up too much space. So in your office, if you have one, I have all my Sharpies, my um, highlighters. These are my pencils. These are my black pens. Then you can go with the smaller ones for your clips, your rubber bands, your shirt. Then you can just put your hand on it at any moment. I know that my mom just got excited. She's got this... She's got this thing with baby containers that makes my dad insane. And now we have now purpose you for have them. a purpose for him. Call him. And these things aren't very expensive. If you don't have if you don't have a lot of, yeah. of income, yeah. you can go to the thrift stores. There's so many different sizes. They don't have to all match. Um, you know, there's these kind of things. Dollar Tree just has a ton of it, so there you go, ladies. It can take a little bit to do it, but it'll make your life simpler if you can open up a drawer, put your hand on it, and you're done. You're watching the magazines come to life right here on stage. Um, What other tips, in closing, what other tips do you have that that you can share with us? I know we are all writing this down. Well, there's just, I could go on and on. (laughs) You know, I just, I just feel it's, it's not necessarily a tip but we're talking about keeping our lives simple this may take you a little work at first to do it but after you're done you would be surprised at how freeing you will feel it's 15 minutes 15 minutes yeah, of your time of your time to do something how many of you have pencils all over the house or pens all over the house and where's my highlighter i need a highlighter where is it you're digging through drawers just go get these. These are, um, I'm trying to think of what they're called. Anyway. Sandwich. Like they're little sandwich. The little takeaways. Take, the take-alongs. Yeah. Yeah. The little glad take-alongs. And go through your house. Get all your pens, all your pencils, all your Sharpies, all your highlighters, and just get these little takeaways. Put them in here. If you don't have a label maker, that's okay. Put a piece of tape on there and just write with a Sharpie. Duct tape. So, then you're All right, done. this yeah. has been fantastic. How many of you guys are ooing and aahing right now, right? Yeah, right? Um, this is incredible. We have superheroes amongst us, and one of the things that I really captured from you guys as we close is to make a friend, and not one, but two. So while we're in this room today, you have the ability to grab your accountability partners, and I know that I'm going to be calling my friends. <laughs> right? I have 15 minutes, what do I do? Um, and so uh, I think that as we are in this setting right now, we have the opportunity to grab those two people, make a decision right now that we are going to do something. We're going to clean out that linen closet today. We are going to feed our homeless ministry with some towels. And together we can actually make a real difference in our lives. You guys agree? All right. Huge round of applause for our ladies. Thank you so much. Right, Michael, will you come help them put this back behind the couch? Yes, he'll go. Thank you. I'll grab that.
All right. Thank you. Thank you, Joyce. Jana, thank you. Another round of applause for Joyce and Jana. Absolutely incredible. All right. And, uh, and for our Vanna here. I love my children. Okay. So um, we are actually going to go into another topic. Simple family. All right. Raise your hands if you've got babies. Or sisters, brothers, mothers, boyfriends, right? Families. Families are something, no matter who we are, what we have. Okay, just keep your hand up. You got them all. Okay, good. <laughs> um, but we have some people here again who are going to help us simplify what it takes to run our family. Because no matter who you are in the area of household, um, you definitely run some things, right? So how can we do that a little simpler? So I'd like to welcome, again, another amazing asset uh, here to the stage. And first, um, as I welcome Miss Dawn Goss, uh, she is the wife to Marcus. She is the mother of three incredibly busy children. She leads our prims and, um, and ministers to one of my daughters. She's a super mom, uh, sports, dance, JBQ. I'm so excited to have you with me, Miss Dawn. Thank you very much. All right, huge round of applause for Miss Dawn before I sit on her microphone. Um, she also comes from a very large family, so family is important to her, so I'm glad that she's here. And then we all know her, we love her, wife to Mark, mother of four, works full-time, now is a full-time student, keeps her home immaculate, do we hate her already? Um, <laughs> time management is absolutely her friend, and we're going to learn how she is remaking her schedule to accommodate all these new commitments. Please join me in welcoming Miss Laura Booker. Two more hot spots on the stage today, Miss Laura. <laughs> she says not immaculate. I bet if we went, we would disagree. You need that? Because um, <laughs> she knows how to shut doors. She's friends with Jana. All right, so as we're hanging out today, um, Dawn, I know that we have, um, there are so many ways as parents that, you know, we would like to think that we could make things simpler, and I'm really not paying attention with all seven of my penguins running around the place, but um, can you share with us, I know that you have this philosophy of simple parenting, so can you give us just a few tips in a few minutes about what's simple parenting? I have no idea. (laughs) Um, the word simple parenting is an oxymoron to me. Um, let me say for my two friends that went ahead of me, um, people like that scare me. And um, <laughs> I'm just being real, folks. And um, so I feel actually very um, unworthy even sit up here and talk about simple parenting and organizing. Um, having said that, though, when I was asked to do this, um, I wrote down like to me what the definition for me of simple parenting meant to me. And I thought it was investing my time, energy, and resources in the things that really matter most to me. And that'll be different for each of us um, as parents. And um, how do you prioritize? And um, I thought, what are my values? What are my responsibilities? And um, sometimes being productive and organized doesn't matter if you're not being fulfilled. You can get all your things organized. And if there's no fulfillment in that, so you need to ask yourself what fulfills you. And for me, um, it was living a godly life and enjoying my family. And so I had to look at ways to accomplish those things. And I'm not saying that being organized is a bad thing because um, what I came to conclude was once you get organized, you have the freedom to focus on those priorities. 
So um, I want to take a second though, because when she listed her priorities, do you know? Did you hear what she said first? Godly life, right? Are we hearing a theme here? So in order to simplify, write this down. In order to simplify your life, we put God first. I think we're going to hear that a couple of times today. Thank you for bringing that to the table. Okay, so God first, and then. Um, well, for me, um, next would be my spouse or my husband. Um, and for not married, that wouldn't apply. Then my family. Um, I think when mom and dad are happy, it rubs off on the children, and they, they, they see that effect. Um, and if you're a single mom, if mom's unhappy, you know, the rest of the tribe isn't happy. I used to feel guilty about trying to keep myself healthier and better than my children. And I thought I would rather them get sick than me because I can keep going and um, I can care for them. They can't care for me. So um, I, I got my priorities correct. And a verse that I wrote down, um, if you really stop and think about it, was from James 4.14. that says, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mint. A myth that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And if you really think of our time here on earth, our lifetime, you know, 70, 80 years, I want to be 99. Um, but our influence over our children is very short in that whole perspective. It's a very small, it's a smaller percentage. So you have a, a job to do um, and you've got to make an impact. Okay, so, so how do you make an impact? How do we do that? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> there are like three ways that we can leave here today and make an impact on our children simply. Simply? Um, let me jump to page four. <laughs> um, okay, but how, how real is this, right? I mean, if you look in your purse right now, we're probably doing this, right? So, but when we look at this, and as she brings it to the table, A, she was able to get to page four fast. Um, but B, the assets that she, she brings to the table and the way that she prioritizes those, she can access these things. So I, I just applaud you for taking the time to write four pages. Yeah. In <laughs> and I, I will, um, again, because I'm not organized, but I have all these things going on in my head. I, you know, I could probably be diagnosed with some kind of something um, when I was little. Um, but I, I wrote, things were known to do in our household because she was like, you know, just give me some practical takeaways. Um, I, people that know me, I will turn off my phone. I will turn off the ringers to all the house phones. I will turn them off to the cell phones. And um, and my kids know that. Um, Just to have that downtime in this age of technology, and I am so glad for technology, I had to get my daughter to email me my notes this morning that I printed out here. (laughs) See how organized I was? And... um, but you need that time so you can focus on your family or yourself or whatever it is to prep. You do not have to answer the phone. You can relieve yourself of that obligation. Um, I keep one master calendar. Um, I buy the Chick-fil-A calendar every year. It's, and what it allows me to do is two things. Um, we do not have to respond yes to every social event at church, birthdays, friends. And we've made it a rule that we will not say yes immediately to that. Um, even if we want to, and we, we, we're a very social family, but it allows us time to go back and weigh the, the um, detriment or the benefit to me and my family and my kids. And, um, you know, and sometimes there, there, it, it may require a little work on us, but maybe it's to reward a family that we need to reach out to or, you know, so you weigh those things out. It's different for everyone. 
that's that's fantastic. And I know that you have 14 other takeaways. So, <laughs> I but I want to go back to real quick when you were talking about your priorities and how being a wife is is a priority. For those of us who who are married, um, the partnership with your husband. How does a strong partnership with your husband make things simpler for you? I think it sets a benchmark um, for my children. Um, and early on, we didn't have kids. We had been married for 10 years. And um, we spent a lot of time doing things together and getting to know people. And we, once we had kids, that kind of rolled on. We still do things as a family together, but we still take time. We want them to know that mom and dad have their time. And, and it's not always easy. Um, I have to make a cognizant effort as a wife. I think within each of us, we're nurturers. You know, when they were like, you need to focus on your husband first. I'm like, are you kidding? I've got to nurse this baby, you know, or, and, um, but, um, that's the way that's biblical. And I go back to, if you line yourself up, um, let me just say, I love psychologists. I listen to Dr. Laura Schlesinger and, and this Laura too. But if you, um, will rely on that book, that is a handbook for life. People will tell you, you know, oh, that you can't use that to not, really Not Dr. Life. Laura's book, right? Uh, no, the B-I-B-L-E, Basic Instructions yeah. Before Leaving Earth. Yeah. It, if you follow that, your, your, your family life, your social life, all that will fall into place. There will be bumps and bruises, and you have to work that out and use the wisdom um, from psychologists and other books. But that has got to be the start, and the Lord will honor you for that, and he'll, there's other things in place. Good. You know, when, yeah, that's really good. Um, when we were talking about this initially and, and you brought to the table about how uh, Mike and I really admire the relationship that, that you guys have. And I think that for us, um, keeping strong in marriage has helped simplify things in the fact that you have a partner. That when you are, and this is what you and I were talking about, that when you honor your husband and when you keep that family time, that you now are two people. Right? That it's not just you trying to run the world. So can you share about how you and Marcus parent together and how that, how keeping your husband a priority, it helps simplify things for you? Okay, let me flip back. Um, <laughs> um, I, I know what I have on here, but we use a team approach. One thing that we do, um, our girls are getting older, they're 12 and 14, is we talk a lot about our experiences as a couple, things that mom and dad did, or, you know, you guys did this, or dad did this, even the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, you know, we, we, they see us fight. We try not to see things like that, but they, they get to see it all. But we use real-life examples. And even when our kids come home and maybe they're bad-mouthing their teacher, we try to create a united front. Um, and, again, just going back to those rules in the Bible, like respecting authority, you know, I sometimes really, your teacher did what? And I, I'm, you know, I'm thinking that school needs to fire her. Um, I do not say that to my kids. We have a united front because we want them to think with the mind of Christ. And that's a, you know, a real, it, it takes effort. You have to think that through. One of the things I wrote down that we don't do is we um, choose our words wisely. We don't make promises that we can't keep. Um, and as parents, you, you want to rattle off a quick answer or or a quick punishment, and that can come back to bite you if you're not consistent. So, um, when you used a strong word when we were talking, and that was being authentic, and I know both of you, both of you are authentic, but you, you talked about being authentic. And so, in closing, can you share the importance of authenticity for us? Um, I remember one time um, I was going through 
I, I either signed something, I wrote my, I signed a deposit slip or something, I wrote my name, and then I wrote my husband's name. It went up through there, and the lady goes, um, and it was, it's a joint account, so she said, um, it looks like here it was signed by the same person, and it kind of infuriated me. I mean, how do you, are you a, you know, a signature analyzer? And, um, and I just said, um, really? And she went ahead and took my deposit, and we went away. And like that, I had sensed the Holy Spirit tell me, you know, that's a little white lie. And um, I could have went on, no big deal. And Peyton was maybe like seven or eight. And I'm at the traffic light, and I said, and Peyton was getting, she knew I was irritated, so she wanted to defend her mom. Man, that lady was, you know, mean and da-da-da. And I said, you know what? Mommy was wrong. I said, because that was a lie. So we take little stories like that and try to over dramatize them so because we again we have that window of opportunity to you know do that and to me that's more important than getting into a practice or this or that we do all those things you have a busy life but again that's for me that's simple parenting you get if you have that book you don't need money you don't need anything you need to be able to use your bibles your guideline for your life and your marriage and for your raising your kids that's good that's good all right, I would like my daughters in the back to take note. Uh, you know, one of the things, actually, and, and, and I appreciate the accolades, but we do things as a family, and I think that bringing your family in, and this is a good segue into where we're going, but I think that bringing your family in, using that family time to actually create those 15 minutes, Jana alluded to, get your kids involved. You know, we, I mean, you see, this could have never happened without the tribe being involved. So I encourage you guys to, we are not an island, right? Um, so bring them in, but remain flexible. So Miss Laura, <laughs> as you are trying to rule the world, girl, yeah, tell us, um, tell us about expectations. <laughs> There's a difference between standards and expectations. Okay. My family would say my standards are too high. So I'm going to keep my standards the way they are, but to not exasperate my family, I've had to lower my expectations for them. Um, Write that down. <laughs> I was asked to say it again. I'm not lowering my standards for my family or anybody else. Because God wants us to have a standard of excellence. But we're all at different levels and different places, so I had to lower my expectations for my family. So I didn't exasperate them because that was starting to happen. I did want the immaculate house. But I had to be realistic and understand that with four children, working, going to school, a husband who is wonderful but not always neat. <laughs> I was driving everybody crazy, and then I was getting stressed, and it wasn't helpful. Y'all see me smiling and laughing, but it was a lot of snapping at times, and it's not worth it. And then you look at your children. My house might have been clean, but people weren't really happy. So now I've learned my house doesn't have to be immaculate, and neither does yours, but it should be presentable when somebody comes to the door. And choosing what is important. I've learned to close doors. It took me years. <laughs> Keisha can tell the truth. It, it took me years to um, figure out which doors need to be open and which one needs to be clean. Keep your bathrooms clean, especially the one you know people will be going into. I like to keep my stuff clean because I want to relax. I think the living room, you know, whatever room people see when they first walk into your door, to your house, those rooms should be clean. The other things, leave it alone. You want your children to have their room clean. The battle sometimes, especially when they're different than you. And I remember my son telling me, why are you making me clean up the room? It's mine. And I'm like, but it's our house. Clean the room like I'm asking you to. And it was a battle. And after a while, I'm like, this is not worth the battle. I'll close the door in that room. 
And I remember one time Michelle and Richard came to our house and she wanted to go upstairs to see. They wanted because they were looking at buying a house at the time, so they wanted to look at our house. And I'm like, you can look at downstairs, but not upstairs. <laughs> so I had to keep it real. It wasn't the way I would like it. But somebody else would come in and be like, oh, this house doesn't look bad. So you just got to know the balance. She and said boundaries. <laughs> and balance, yes. Boundaries and balance. That's good. No, no, no. I like where you're going here. But I, what, what do you do? What do you do? Um, what, what do you do when you lose it? Got to go to Jesus and have one of those go-to-Jesus meetings. And there's times where I've, everybody that knows me know I'm real, I'm honest. I've had to get better with tact, because my thing was, if it's the truth, just say it. <laughs> but when you go back to the Word of God, and as you learn and grow in your relationship with God, you become more compassionate to other people's feelings. And just because it wouldn't offend me doesn't mean it wouldn't offend somebody else. I want people to be honest with me. Tell me the truth. Do I have something in my teeth? Is something a little crooked? Whatever. You know, your attitude stinks today. Tell me, I'll, I could only change what I know. If I don't know, I can't fix it. So, but everybody doesn't want to know. So I had to learn that. And if I'm going to tell the truth, <laughs> really speak it in love and be understanding to, about, and sometimes you have to know the person that you're, you're telling the truth to, to know when is the right time to tell them. But anyway, what did you ask? <laughs> How you keep from slapping people. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There are times I have these feelings inside of me. Not anymore. I used to. I've, God has really changed me. And City Church has helped a lot. But when people would get on my nerves, they were idiots. I would feel like slapping people. But then I had to go back to really, you know, we used to say, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Really, what would Jesus do? Jesus wouldn't go around slapping people. He would go around loving them. What would Jesus do? He wouldn't yell at people. He'd be an example. So as moms or anybody just dealing with relationships in general, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to want to yell. Is it the right thing to do? No. But we react. But you got to go. I'm telling you guys with everything, go back to God. I'm telling you, when I look at my week, this week and even last week, I said, he probably was tired of hearing from me. (laughs) You again? You came to me like 15 times already in the last five minutes. What? You know? But I know I need him. So when you get frustrated, know that it's okay, but don't think it's okay to, con- to let it continue to happen. Check your behavior. Go back. What corrections do I need to make? We've had to apologize to our children a lot. Be humble enough to go back to your children or your spouse or whoever. If you've lost your attitude, you know oh, you yeah, weren't go righteous. Good. Go back and apologize. And you'll see how it'll, it will help the relationship. Sometimes they'll respect you for it. Sometimes they might think you're weak. Who cares what they think? Did you do the right thing? And that's another thing with all of this. I try to think. um, Some months ago, we had went to Burger King. I really don't care for that place. But anyway, (laughs) I really thought the character of yelling at people or snapping at people was gone. I thought I killed it, but I guess I just buried it. We went to Burger King, we were ordering the food, and they took forever. That's where Kayla wanted to go, her and her friend. They took forever with the food, and I'm hungry, and I'm tired. No excuses, though, but we feel, when you're hungry, you're tired, stressed, you tend to react a little bit more. Long story short, they took so long with our food. 
I'm like, what's going on? What's taking you so long? Getting on my nerves? You know what? Forget it. I don't even want the food. Let's go. So everybody's like, we're hungry. I don't care. Let's go. And I did snap at the people. I have to be very honest with you. I didn't feel bad for snapping at them, but I did feel bad at how I represented Jesus. And I had to go back and think like, wow, would they have known that you even know him or have a relationship with him? And that is what hurt me more than anything. I still don't even feel sorry for snapping at them. I feel sorry. I, I really still think they deserved it. But, but you didn't slap anybody. But I didn't feel like slapping anybody, so that was good. <laughs> but I really, I did feel bad about my representation of Christ because I might have not, if that person wants to see me, I'm like, oh, she goes to church, she knows God. And that's how she acted. I mean, I didn't curse or anything. And you don't even have to curse or really have a nasty attitude to have an attitude. But when you do, if you can apologize to the person, do. But if you can't, apologize to God. Because first of all, we, if you're calling yourself a Christian, a disciple, a follower of Christ, you represent him in everything, in your home, in public, wherever. So to prevent yourself from slapping people, go to God, get your strength, and learn scriptures. They, that. Outside of real people, my scriptures are my best friend. People are like, how do you know so many scriptures? I find a scripture for what I need. And I learn it and I memorize it and I apply it and I use it till I, whenever I need it, I pull it out. Um, Again, again, uh, scriptures. And I hate to cut her off because really, I could listen to you two. Well, I mean, everyone. Is this good? Are you guys getting stuff? Okay. So, um, so we, we are closing up and, and first I just really want to thank you guys because you, uh, you know, the authenticity that you brought to the table today about your life. I mean, there's not anybody in here who can't relate. So thank you for being real up here. Um, but as we leave, I'm not letting you off this couch until you spend 30 seconds telling us about how you manage your time. Okay. I work full time as a nurse. I still have one teenager in the house. And I just started law school, and actually it's part-time now. Well, it's like full-time because it's nine credits. But anyway, I thought I had time management under control. I thought I knew time management. Time management is different for each and every person. And your time management is based on your priorities, what you have to do. Everybody's time management needs are going to be different. You have to look at your family, look at yourself. Based on my work, based on schooling, I have to set different priorities. And now what I thought I knew about time management, I used to use this little calendar. (laughs) This was what I put my stuff in. My appointments went on here, and I had a to-do list. And I would make my to-do list out for each day or for the week, depending on what was going on. And I had to learn that just because I put on my to-do list doesn't mean it had to be done. Because I was stressing myself out trying to get everything done on the to-do list. When you make a to-do list prior to rise, what is really important? What do I really have to do today or this week? I think it's best to do it weekly, to be honest with you. A day is too short. A month is too long. Weekly is perfect. Um, I bought a copy of a little calendar um, thing that I'm going to start using um, now that I'm in school. This has the weekly thing, and it has a time frame from 8 to 11. I know I need time before 8 a.m. and and after 11 p.m., so I'm going to add a couple more times to the top and the bottom to to fit my schedule. But this is a weekly planner. It has the days of the week. It has the time. And you put down what it is you need to put down during those time frames. Um, Now that I'm in law school, this is not going to work. (laughs) So, and one thing you'll learn with time management and prioritizing and to-do lists, your priorities will change. As they change, you have to adjust. Because if you don't, you'll drive yourself crazy. And what worked two months ago, maybe a year ago, 
might not work when you get into a new situation. So now I have this big planner. So you know what I love is that you completely wrapped it back around to being flexible. Um, I've had to learn that the hard way. Flexible. So in the Dominican Republic, that was our word. So everybody, flexible, right? Flexible. All right. Well, you guys, give these ladies a huge round of applause. Thank you. Too much love on this stage. It's just not big enough for all the love on this stage. Um, son, could you do me a favor when you're, when you're, yes, thank you very much. I appreciate you. Okay, good. Um, do you guys mind if I invite one more friend up here? Is that okay? Are we having a good time? Okay, cool. Um, this person has done so many incredible things that I'm actually going to read. So I'm not sure I remember how to do that. But, um, but she is just uh, relationships. We've talked about our home. We've talked about our family. But let's get real. Relationships extend far beyond. And frankly, in this room, there are many relationships that, that we all could bring to God. Right, Miss Laura? Um, and in that, we have someone in our midst who, who really gives us the opportunity to highlight how we can do that simply. So um, this young lady... And her husband, Dave, and son, Johnny, have been at City Church for 10 years. She is a therapist, a behavior analyst, and has done that for 22 years. And now I'm suddenly afraid to bring her up here to be my friend. (laughs) She's a licensed mental health counselor, a certified um, behavior, I'm sorry, a licensed mental health counselor, certified behavior analyst, has volunteered as a pastoral counselor, a crisis pregnancy counselor, taught Sunday school, taught Bible study. She deals day in and day out with other people's relationships issues. She works with children and families as well as supervising other therapists. Lori Lee trusts God and she prays for her clients. She stays in God's peace and she's able to guide people in difficult and complicated relationships. And I just can't believe she's hanging out with me. Yeah, she needs to sit down after doing all that. And her calendar must be ridiculous. Oh, yeah. All right, Miss Lori. So it's you and I, and I am just so excited about what you are going to share with us today. And I know that you've broken it down to a couple topics. And and Lori's going to help us um, talk about our relationships in general. And then I'm going to try to mimic that a little bit in the workplace. Y'all check out her ring. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) Oh, look, there's a... Okay, and I'm going to try to mimic that a little bit um, in the workplace. So, so let's think about what you got going on, and let's see if we can't bring it home for you with some of this. So, what do you got, Lori? Well, I want to say thanks to Laura. She was a great segue into this. <laughs> awesome, and I'm so humbled to follow these ladies. They are amazing. But I'm going to start off with something real simple. Be kind wow. in your relationships. Be kind. And I want to, I don't usually talk from a negative point of view, but I'm going to talk from a negative point of view for just a second. If you're being mean, stop it. (laughs) Write that down. Okay. (laughs) I'm like Dawn. I have my notes, but scripture, you know, this one you hear all the time when you go to weddings, but do you apply this to your life? Listen, our relationships are about love. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Love is patient. Love is kind. Blah, 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 blah. (laughs) I'm not going to read the whole thing. 
But I am going to say that it's not self-seeking. Okay? It doesn't matter if you're talking to your husband, you're talking to your best girlfriend, you're talking to your kids. Take the words should, could, and would out of your life. One of the gals sitting up here talked about, I think it was Laura Booker. She's so amazing. She's talking about <laughs> she's writing standards and expectations. Yeah. Okay, you can have your standards, but where you get messed up in your relationship is, that man should have picked up those socks. Those kids should have picked up their shoes. My sister shouldn't have called me when I was at church. You see? Yeah. And this is what gets you in trouble with your relationships. So to simplify it, be kind. That's good. Just well, and, and I'm taking, I like the, the should, could, and would. Because um, how many working women do we have in here? Wow. Okay. So if we are trying to be successful at work, many times it's difficult for us to apply these things. Because I think that we put up a barrier, right? A different kind of barrier. And I can take two of the things that we heard from other women on stage. Miss Laura. Is my reaction letting them know that I know Jesus? Right? So there's one thing. And then the second thing, the should, could, and would, and the kindness. How many of you guys know that if you want to get ahead, you need to lead from the bottom? Right? So serve. And, and, you know, Pastor Eugene brings it home all the time. The more you give, the greater joy you will have. So at work, it's the same thing. If you want some, how many of you guys have heard kill them with kindness? Okay, that is so real. That is so real. But do it from a real place. You know, we've been given this biblical handbook, right? Um, and it tells us, and read that scripture again. I want everyone to write it down. I already <laughs> folded it over. Oh, it's First okay. Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. There we go. First Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Make that your best friend, as Laura just said, right? But do the same thing at work. And if you need to take a post-it note and put, be kind in front of your face so that when people come to your office, that's your reaction. That's your go-to reaction. That will help make you successful at work as well. So, what are the three words again? Would, couldn't, should. Don't. Don't do those. (laughs) Okay, so, and that leads me into my second point, which is about the way we talk to each other. That's good. Oh, Ephesians 4, 29 through 32. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, blah, blah, blah. Moving forward, be compassionate. Forgive each other, just as Jesus forgave you. Really? Moms, let's be real. How many times do you say something mean to your kid just because you're not feeling good? Okay? How many times do you stop listening because their opinion isn't like yours? Oh, I heard the oohs and ahs. Mm. Okay. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Simplify it by being compassionate and encouraging. You know, don't call your kid lazy because his room is a mess. His priorities are different. It's time for me to step down. (laughs) What's that? 
you know, hang on one second. How, can I see that again? The scripture that you just gave, the one that we're on right now. How? Okay. How many of you guys like to-do lists? Well, okay, that's a minimal amount. Well, we're going to need one according to Laura Booker. But let me share with you. Ready? Number one, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Okay, that's number one. Number two, build up others according to their needs. Isn't this cool? This is scriptural. This is not something that Laura and I made up. Um, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Get rid of all bitterness. I'm going to make the next check mark. Get rid of all rage. Next check mark. Brawling and slander. Next check mark. Any form of malice. Be kind and compassionate. Next check mark. Be forgiving as God forgave you. Okay, put, put that in your planner. Okay. Are we ready to move go, on? Go. Okay. Are y'all ready? Right. Are we liking this? Now, more simplification. What comes out of your mouth usually starts in your head with your thinking. So if you're thinking about all the things your husband, child, sister, mother, co-worker should have done that they didn't do, you're more apt to come out with unwholesome talk. So let's look at Philippians 4, 8 through 9. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy, these things you should think of. Whatever you've learned or received and heard from me or seen from me, put into practice, and the peace of God will be with you. So in your relationships... In your love relationships, and even in your going through the Burger King relationship, <laughs> you got to avoid negative thinking. Because if you're thinking it in here, it's going to come out with here, unless you have a super big Holy Spirit over your mouth. Right? Yeah. So if you want your relationships to grow and to be holy and loving and caring, you got to think positively about these people. So... I'm going to pick on Laura's kid's room for a minute because, you know, it's not his priority to clean his room. But what is he good at? So instead of spending all your time thinking about what he's not doing, what is he doing? Oh, that's good. What are his benefits? What are his priorities? What is he excellent at? And build on that. You know, maybe he's not the best reader, but maybe he's great at math. Let's pick something. You know, maybe your husband's not too good at cutting the grass, but maybe he can change the oil on the car. So think about the positive as opposed to the negative. And then use those thoughts to encourage. I I mean, mm -hmm, is all really I have. Um, But but I love What I love here is that she... That's really all I want to say. What she said. What she said. Um, but when, when we're talking about this at work, you know, and we're talking about our colleague relationships, what I'm finding amazing and what's really an aha moment for me as we go through these is that really these scriptures are telling us exactly how to handle our relationships. And if we follow the scripture, then things become simpler. And I will tell you that my network grew and grew and grew the, the more that I sought God in my life. And I know that Christina is going to talk about the amazing, incredible things that will really open that up to you. But I think that at work, 
What we're hearing is don't separate church and state. You know, don't make sure that what you're doing at home and what you're doing at church and what you're doing here with us is what you're doing. And that is going to grow your entire world. It's going to help your relationships with your kids. It's certainly going to help your relationship with your coworkers and your boss. Imagine what he sees when he sees the God in you. Right? What could that really bring to the table when all you got is God? What can God do? Oh, anything. (laughs) He is the God of the impossible. So when we're talking about work relationships, I I really do, my my encouragement, my, my tactical encouragement is to take a post-it note, and this is actually something that we do in our office. When we read scripture and we begin our day every day, we have a devotion area in our office. This is my mother. We have a marketing agency here in town. And we, um, we, we actually will go, oh, that's good. We'll have an mm-hmm moment on the couch. And we will write it on a hot pink post-it note and stick it on our computer for the day. And when that scripture has run its course and you've had your next aha moment, do the same thing. Are we ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Then give him a post-it note. What could that do to change the relationship, the conflict that you may be experiencing? You talk about conflict for just a We've got a few minutes. You talk about, well, I know that may not be a scripture that you brought, but. I do. Oh, she did. Of course she did. She she was hanging out with Jana and uh, Joyce. (laughs) What's behind the couch? No. Conflict. Yeah, conflict. Okay, listen. There's just another scripture Romans 12. 18 and here it is if it's if it is possible as far as it depends on you live at peace with everyone okay if If it is possible and you have control over it live at peace with all people listen if you've got a mean mother-in-law and you just can't get along with her honor her and love her and respect her anyway but stay away Where's my mother-in-law? I love her. <laughs> Just saying. Listen, you know, you only have her. You only have to see her once or twice a year. I love yeah. her. I don't care what y'all say. She was here. Maybe she's not now, but I love her. <laughs> Listen, if you have a mean neighbor. And her, you know, oh, just yeah. you don't have to be in a relationship. Good. Just because Good. somebody is mean and you love Jesus. It says right here in scripture. Okay, you so, don't have to be in relationship with that. So help us, though, because in a work environment, right, we, we're, many of us are in cubicles, and we can hear every word that the person next to us is saying, and we cannot stand the moment that that person walks in the door, right? Your hair comes up. You're like, oh. Okay, okay. Go back to thinking. Oh. It's good. It's good. See, so I need help. Just go back to thinking. Okay. All right, you stop thinking negatively about that okay. person. Remember, okay. listen, it all starts in here. Okay. So instead of feeling like, oh, no, ooh, that person's here again, <laughs> embrace them. And, hey, listen, find something that you can encourage them about. Let me. Oh. Laura told a story about Burger King. I'm going to tell you a story about Wendy's. Thank God we're eating salad. I mean, and this is years ago, so don't don't worry. You're not going to run into this person. But when my mom was still alive, it was kind of our tradition on Wednesday night that I would take my son to Wendy's for his dinner, drop him at my mom's, go do some work, and then come to church. So the went you know go through the drive-through. Well, we had the most miserable, nasty, unkind person. Wednesday after Wednesday. But I was kind. 
speaking kind words. And I would say, thank you, and how's your day, and I know you're working hard, whatever, trying to encourage this young woman. It didn't take but a month or two, I don't know, for her to turn around and go, hey, there you are. I've been waiting for you. And what a, what a testimony that was to my son, because he was, he was little then. But, you know, and I would tell him, look, because we were kind and respectful to that girl, she started looking forward to us to show up. That's so good. And, you know, a litmus test of that, and I'll go back to what Don Booker said. You know, for many of you guys who know a little bit about our story, I, I didn't know much about being a mom, but I knew how to run a team. <laughs> so we... <laughs> We, and thank goodness, because I got a lot of them. So we, we, we ran with a business acumen at first, at first. And then what I realized is that in order to really be a true parent, you have to be transparent. You, you, I, my life is a living and breathing example of what I want my children to grow up to be. Now, that's in theory, <laughs> but I'm working on it every day. And I'm authentic. I'm looking for my people, Don. I'm authentic. To try to let them see the good, the bad, and the ugly. But that happens in work relationships as well, right? So if we are trying to speak to a coworker about how much we love our church or a client about, you know, listen, I do things God's way. And if you're not on this with God's way, and then you turn around, you snap backwards. You've just completely negated all the hard work that you put into anything. And I know that you know this is a behavioral something. All these important words come after your name. But... (laughs) But something about, um, you know, what, uh, no, I just, she's so important. Her, her just, okay, um, I think what you're trying to say is that we need friends. <laughs> Let me analyze you over here. Okay. They're, they're going to know what you're thinking and, and your love by your behavior. That's right. And that's yeah. what it boils down to. Yeah. That's what I meant. I, I knew it. Which, you know, you, you had asked me about conflict, and let me, in, re, in relationships, especially those special relationships, just because you think it doesn't mean that you need to say it. Mm. There's lots of things that we, there's another scripture, and I didn't bring it, but it's hanging on my wall at home. It's from First Peter, and it says, love covers a multitude of sins. Okay. Hey, if we can't cover each other's sins with our love... Really? What, what is eternity going to be like? Yeah. You know, so just because you're not happy with the socks on the floor doesn't mean you have to say it. Yeah, yeah. She's right. That's exactly what I was going to say. And so, <laughs> but, you know what I'm finding, too, though, is the importance of that accountability piece. I mean, you know, just as Lori and I are spending this time here, if you're having a challenge relationship at work, is the right person to, to converse with about that a non-believer? Right. So if we want to handle our business through scripture, then our accountability partners should be scripture led. Um, And I think that that's a really big takeaway from here. So, uh, Laura Lee, wow. Uh, Anything else that you want to leave us with? Because your nuggets are powerful. I'm saying anybody else want another nugget? Give us one that's not on paper. Go ahead. How about somebody ask a question? Does anybody have a specific question? Real quick. We've got about two minutes. Okay. All right. Laura. Miss Laura, I'll repeat it.
everybody hear that? Did everybody hear that? She said that her son is in the Air Force and that he is gone, but his room still needs to be clean. And so if we're not going to call him lazy, what word should we use? How, how about we don't use a word and we just go in and clean it up. And when he comes home and he says, where's my ex? You say, oh, it's in the garage. In the giveaway bag. In the giveaway bag. <laughs> Marianne. We have, a, we have a, a whole lazy family. Um, no, I'm not saying. But every door is shut, and we are now overwhelmed by the lack of interest from everyone in the house. How do we handle our feelings towards the other people in the house? Is that what you're saying? How do you handle it? How do you motivate them? Okay. So, it, you know, it all depends on who they are and how old they are. But you set your expectations, and then you follow through with either reinforcement which we love a whole lot more than punishment but you know honey if you want to eat tonight the garage needs to be clean simple teenager you want to go to that movie you want to go to that dance as soon as your room i can walk through it okay so i don't have to close the door whatever so you set your expectations and then you use positive reinforcement to motivate them to get there Good. All right. So in closing, um, we absolutely want to thank Miss Lori Lee for her time. <laughs> so fun. Thank you very much. Uh, this has just been absolutely incredible. Oh, Can I say one more thing? Absolutely. All right. This is a disclaimer that I meant to give earlier in the salad line. People said that they go around saying, Lori Lee said, please don't do that. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right. Well, this has just been an incredible um, experience for me, and I'm so honored that you guys shared shared this time and allowed me the opportunity to giggle on stage um, with these incredible people. But really, the backbone of this ministry um, is, is very exciting. She is an amazing, incredible individual who has been with this church for so long and she gives as if she works overtime and is paid for it but is, is a volunteer member of our leadership team and the things that you are going to learn um, about your relationship with God I strongly encourage you to pay attention because I promise that the time I've spent in her home has changed my relationship with God and I'm honored to be spiritual and mentored by Miss Christina Williams so allow her to do the same for you Okay, I don't even, I'm telling you, after hearing these ladies, I'm like, I don't, I need to not be up here because I mean, I'm sorry, but, right, Alicia, especially before an event like this, I can get so mean. So, um, anyway, luckily, you're not going to be hearing from me as much today as you are from three women that I've invited to share about a simplifying relationship with God. So, if I want to invite Norma, Norma Stewart Hood up here, Ana Torres, and Melanie Castro. And while they're coming up, I'm going to just tell you a little bit about each one. And I guess I can sit. I'm not used to talking and sitting. It's weird. Yes, please. Yes. And Mike, if you will escort Anna all the way up here, that would be awesome. So uh, Norma is sitting right here. 
And so I just want to tell you a little bit about Norma. Norma and her husband, Dennis, um, they, you met at church, didn't you? Yes. You met at church as teenagers and got married. Uh, have a seat right here, sweetie. Um, got married and uh, over the course of many, many years had six children. And um, they served the Lord in various capacities in, in, in their church in all sorts of ways. Uh, and uh, Dennis passed away about um, four and a half years ago unexpectedly. And uh, three years ago, um, Norma married Lee Hood, whom I'm sure many of you know and is an usher, uh, oftentimes the tallest usher in the second service. Anybody recognize him? And is a wonderful guy. And uh, she has taught the class for us for several years. And uh, yes, amen. And many of you know her through that. And, and uh, she's also really involved right now in, uh, in, in starting a kind of a new outreach here at City Church uh, to, to people in need. So we're very excited about that. And Melanie, I want to introduce Melanie to you here in the middle. And uh, Melanie is, uh, many of you know her as one of our interns who's been around her. She's in her second year of internship here, but she's in her third year of college and she just transferred to Rollins College. So she's, been, she's going there in the evenings. Um, so she goes to school. She does uh, about 15, 20, 25 hours of internship here. And then she also uh, works about 15 hours a week. So we're talking about one, one busy lady with a very tender heart for God, a true handmaiden of the Lord. And, uh, and Anna Torres, who I'm just, just getting to know, really, um, but uh, I, I knew that I wanted to know her. And I've decided that I'm going to be sitting at her feet from now on. Um, and she is a third-generation Christian and intercessor, third-generation intercessor, which is somebody who prays for others. Um, her father and mother uh, were were prayers and she said that she would in, in, in the morning she would hear her father just crying out to God for for their seven children for their church for the president for the world just just praying and, and her mother would pray for them in the, at night and uh, in their bedrooms and she would sometimes wake up at night and trip over her mother's legs go into the bathroom because her mother was in there kneeling and praying for her for the kids and she loves to pray. She's been involved in church for many years, has taught Sunday school, been a Sunday school supervisor, headed women's ministries, headed prayer teams. And so uh, I, I'm so excited for, for these three ladies to, to be here. And uh, we're just going to talk about simplifying our relationships with God. Would that be okay? So I just want to ask each of you, just very simply, and Norma, if we could start with you, how do you like to spend time with God? We're all wired differently. God made us the way we are. And so what I do isn't necessarily what you do. And what you do isn't necessarily what I do. That being said, I love directed Bible studies. Um, You know, I have done the whole thing where you open the Bible and you go, "Mm, here, this is where I'm going to read today. You know, and you walk away and you think, okay, I read the scripture. And I walk away, and five minutes later, I don't remember what I did. So my favorite thing to do is I um, have a couple of pastors that I like to hear. Rick Warren is one of them. Andy Stanley is another. And I go to their websites, and I go into their media library, and I pick one of their series that's going on at that particular time or that they may have done in the past. And then I print out their sermon notes that they give to their people in the audience, in their congregations. And then I sit at 
after I do my exercise in the morning, I, you know, I walk and I do what I need to do. And then before all the din of the day starts, I sit on my couch in our bedroom and I close the door and I put my headphones on or whatever and I turn on my laptop and I listen to his message and then I take the notes. And then depending on what it is that he's talking about, I either, you know, hurry, I can't wait till the next day to move on to the next uh, lesson in that segment. Or if it's just a one, one kind of lesson, a one uh, day, um, then the next day so that I make sure that I get it in my spirit is I want to make sure that I'm in the word every day. And I know I can read it on my phone, and I know I can listen to it on the radio, but somehow I just don't feel like I've been in the Word until I open up my Bible, and I get my highlighters out, and my pen, and I, you know, and I, so I go through these notes, and I actually go into my Bible and transfer it over and write the key things that I thought were important, and because when I go through it later, I want to remember what it was. At the end of the study, I save them all, I punch holes in them, I put them in my notebook with a little divider as to what the topic was, so that if I ever need to go back and reference it, I can. Wonderful. So that's, and that's her, that's her normal way of spending time with God. And you know, it's, it's a great way because somebody else has doing, done the work. You know, you, you listen, you take notes, you go over them yourself, and, and you get the benefit of somebody else's study, Right. So, um, Melanie, what, what is the, the way that you like to spend time with God? Well, I think for me, it just depends on the day. Um, I do typically spend like half an hour every morning, and I, I think that's just, for me personally, that's just, it works the best. I like to spend um, just that morning time with God and before my whole crazy day, you know. Um, but I know that some people, that might not work. You know, you might not be awake in the morning, so you might want to do it at night. Um, but I journal. I love to journal. I think um, it's the best way for me to express myself. Um, I don't always have the words to speak, so then I just write it down. Um, sometimes I, 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 there's always like a reading plan I go through, um, depending on what I'm going through. Like maybe you know I'm, I'm really stressed out about something, or um, I have, I'm worrying about a relationship. Um, so I, I pick a, a reading plan on you version, and I go through that. Um, or I, I might just spend time in worship. I might just be. Um, spend time in prayer. It just depends on on the day, like how I feel that day, how I how I want to spend that time with God. Sometimes I ask God, like, how do you want me to spend this time with you? Um, sometimes I sit and listen. Um, it just depends on on just on the day. It, not every day looks the same for me. So you allow yourself a lot of freedom. Yeah. You're not you're not religious in a negative way about how you spend your time with God, mm-hmm. which I think is very freeing. Should be freeing to us, right? Okay, Anna. How do you like to spend your time with God? I'm going to, because I'm an old lady, I have a lot of experience. And because I've been raised in the church, I've been round about the whole, every way that you, the main thing is to seek him. Okay, that's the main thing. He, he said, you will, uh, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. That's the main thing, seek me. Then the other thing is um, coming from a very strong prayer-filled family. I didn't realize the privilege and the honor that I had until I met so many people along the way that have come from very dysfunctional homes. And it was such a privilege of mine to be raised in the church, be at church all the time. I'm like, Laura, like um, Christina said, I'm glad you have your name tag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that 
um, I would hear my dad in the morning, and I would stumble over my mom's feet at night. And the house was always filled. She was a Sunday school teacher. He was a Sunday school teacher. So the discussion at the table was the lesson on Sunday. And, that, it, and it's, so it's wonderful. We had a, and I wasn't thinking of saying this, but maybe it's one of you needs to hear. We did have a family altar. And in that family altar, it doesn't have to be long drawn out, but it was wonderful that we, there were seven of us, and we would sit around the floor, and my mom would always, she was very easy, just taught us little Bible verses. We sang beautiful the, the church songs, whichever one we wanted. It was very simple, but it was a beautiful memory that I have in my heart. But she would do little contests, Bible, Bible uh, texts, you know, you have to learn a text or a short psalm, and then recited the following week, and we had all week, and I always wanted to win. So you know that I was in my Bible, and the little, I was in my Bible learning, learning, learning word. Little did I know how much I needed that word in my life. How, uh, now that I'm an old lady, all these scriptures, all these moments with God that I had as a child, it was the computer input, you know, input, whatever you go put in is what comes out. And what an incredible, incredible blessing. But going back to the, the routines and the religious, because my dad knelt and because my mom knelt, I practiced kneeling for the longest time, and our church knelt when they prayed, and I came from strong praying churches. And so that was my thought, you have to kneel. And I did that for years. And then I learned about the prayer closet, and I had a space in my closet, moved everything, put a sheet on the floor, and I would meet in that closet. And so anytime I heard something new, oh, that's the way. But you know what? God honored every single one of the methods that I used. He always met me. He always met me. He knew the sincerity of my heart. I thought I had to do it that way. If I had my prayer closet, I didn't think I could put a chair because that's being lazy. I had to lay down on the floor. But you know what? In that laying on that floor, he met me. He met me. My greatest experiences have been being alone with him. When I've heard his voice the closest, when I've needed him the most. And there are times when we lose our temper or something. And at home, you know, I'm not perfect, trust me. But, you know, there are times that the Holy Spirit would just remind me of a scripture that I've already learned. It's in Romans chapter 8. And the verses between 36, 37, 38. I've heard it quoted so much. All things work together for good. But you know what? Before all things work together for good, it says that we do not know how to pray. But the Holy Spirit prays for us according to the will of God. And I've learned, and then it says, then all things work together for good. So I have learned in my life, there are times that don't know what to say, don't know what to do. But I just hold back and say, Holy Spirit, pray for me. Holy Spirit, you're the great intercessor, pray for me. And you don't know how reassuring, how many times the Holy Spirit had just come through just asking him. Now, these last two years have been a little challenging. I was born with scoliosis, and my back has always been a challenge. But I had an accident in January 11th, 2013, and it, it, it messed my back a little bit more than it, has, than it had been. It hadn't really bothered me until this last year and a half. And so then all of a sudden I find myself that I can't get on the floor. I can't, I can't kneel down because if I get down, I don't know if I could get up. And if I get up, it hurts for the rest of the day. So I, I hate pain. 
So, uh, you know, trying, what, what can I do? And I, sitting down was always the worst part of it. I'm sorry if I take too long. No, you're doing good. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> and you give me a microphone. I was so nervous. I said, oh, my God, I've had to wait two hours. And then, <laughs> uh, then you give me the mic and I forget. Uh, yeah. So, but the thing is that I never thought it was the godliest thing to sit down before him. And this year, my daughter had challenged me to ask, there's something going around, ask God for one word for the year. January 1st this year, I asked him for the one word. I hadn't done it before, but this year I asked him, and I heard the word awaken, awakening. So in that sort. So when I saw, I heard that word, I wrote it down, and I had no idea what he was going to awaken me to. And then when they did the 21-day fast at the church, they the theme was awakening. And it seems like I kept hearing the word over and over and over again. Well, he awakened a, something in me that I knew I always had, a love for birds. In the, this year, I had a bird that I loved for 23 years, and I ended up having to home him because I wasn't able to take care of him because of my back and all the pain that I've been through the last two years. And, uh, and but... He has made what a variety of birds God has created. And I have, no, I, all of a sudden, I had this interest of looking for birds, especially hummingbirds. All of a sudden, where are the hummingbirds? And I was looking, when are they in Central Florida? I'm looking at the computer. I wanted to know when they were in town because I wanted to see them. I, and all of a sudden, one day, early June, I saw one in my backyard. So sure enough, I put that bird feeder there. Little did I know that the Lord was kind of setting me up because he, as he awakened that desire in my heart for this, to see the birds, there was, there's an oak tree that's been there in my neighborhood. I mean, I've lived in my house for 13 years. They put that oak tree right in front of my window. How beautiful is that? That I could see that variety of birds that come into that tree. And then I planted a hibiscus in front of my window just because it was pretty. I had no idea that these birds love to go in there. So when I put the bird feeders, they come, they play, they, and I have times to notice them. But why am I bringing the birds? Well, I decided when I started seeing the hummingbirds, I would sit at my bed, open the door window, and look out that window, and all of a sudden, just the Lord just awakened my senses to the beauty, the world, the sky. And the words came to me, build me a sanctuary. I was kind of sad because I used to go to the sanctuary to pray a lot. And it's always been around. I always thought, there's something beautiful about going to the sanctuary, just me and him and pray. They call me Anna of the temple. But you know what? The Lord said to me, build me a sanctuary. And all of a sudden, I realized in seeing the sky and seeing the trees and seeing the birds and hearing the song that I was seeing God through creation. And it started lifting something in my spirit, and he gave me the most creative word to meet him. I can't wait to get up. The first thing I do, and God is my witness, is go open that, the blinds, open the window so I could look out, and I see the glory of God. And you know, I, that song always comes to me, I go to the garden alone. What a beautiful song. And he walks with me, and he talks, and he tells me I am his own. Isn't that wonderful? And, yeah. You know, this is uh, what I really wanted to display to you is so, that there are so many ways to spend time with God and that we have freedom. We have freedom in that in how to spend time with the Lord. And, um, you know, I think for each of us, we, we kind of have a default way that we spend time with God. That's the easy way for us. 
But sometimes there are other things that you need to do. Like for me, I'm kind of like Norma. My default is to study the Bible. That's, that's what's really easy for me, and I love to do it. And my, my harder thing to do is to pray. And so I wanted to just say for, for the, the, the harder part of spending time with God and that we have to do more intentionally, how do you do that, Norma? There's nothing to say. Put the microphone up there for uh, the harder. I mean, do you find, is there any aspect of time of spent, that you spend with God that, that is, you have to just put a little more effort into, a little more intention? It, a lot, quite similar to you, finding the time to stop and pray is more difficult for me. And so I learned over the years, because I learned from the scripture that we should always be grateful. We should always have a prayer on our heart. We should always be talking to the Lord. Because he's our best friend and we have a relationship with him. So what's happened over the years for me is that's how I pray. I pray all day long and I talk to mm-hmm. God just like I'm talking to you. And I was so grateful when they came out with those Bluetooth things, you know. Because before that, people would look at me while I was in my car like I had lost it because I was having this conversation by myself. But now, you know, I could just put one of those in and not even use it and just pray and it's amazing. Um, so, so, so for me, daily prayer is really easy, but to stop, like when they have the prayer meetings at church, it's like, ooh, okay, all right, I can do this, I can do this, because it's different for me, it's difficult for me. Okay, and Melanie, you have a default way that's easy for you, but what about the ones you have to be more intentional about? Um, I would say I default to reading the Bible, um, I, I default to reading a lot of scripture, um, but I've had to force myself to stick to one scripture and just meditate on that. Because um, it was really easy for me to, like, read a big bulk and then just be like, I know the story, you know, I got it. And, um, but, but meditating on it, and that's just, what meditating is just, is just staying on one scripture and um, focusing on that and reading it over and over, maybe praying through it. Um, and that way, it really got into my heart. Um, before, it, it was just in my head, you know, I just knew it. Um, but when it gets in my heart, that's when I'm like, okay, like, I know God loves me. Like, I know I'm forgiven. Not, not just, I know, oh, I know God forgives me. Like, no, but it's like, I know I'm forgiven. You know, as, as you meditate on scripture. Um, so that was really big for me, and that's really changed um, a lot of my, my time with God this year. And so, Melanie, let me ask you one more question. Um, what, is there... Is there anything you do? Like for, for me, I honestly, I, can, I spend time with the Lord in the morning, and then I can forget about him all day long. I'm sorry. I'm just, we're, 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 this is like, the, there must be some like sodium pentothal up here, so we're all just being honest. But, um, <laughs> um, and so what I need to do, what I do to draw my mind back to the Lord during the day is, is try to practice thankfulness. You know, if I, if I thank him for things throughout the day, that helps me to draw my mind back to him. But what do you do, Melanie, to draw your mind back to Christ during the day? Well, um, I think, I think we, we, our lives are really busy, and we tend to just forget that God is even out there somewhere. Um, but I, when I'm, I think the moments where I, I really remember is just when I'm stressed out, and I just can't anymore, and I'm just like, Jesus help me, <laughs> like, help me, I'm really stressed out, this thing's really bugging me, um, and I spend a lot of time driving, so um, I, I tend to 
turn off whatever music I'm listening to or, or whatever I'm thinking about and just, okay, what am, what, God, what are you speaking to me right now? Because I feel like he's always speaking. The Holy Spirit is always speaking. It's just, are we actually tuning in to listen? And um, it's just, just being like, you know, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me right now? Um, the, all these thoughts might be going through your mind and they might be really loud. And you're just like, his, his voice is still. It's, it's small. It's quiet. It's just, God, what are you speaking to me? right now and um, taking that, that, that moment of silence. I know um, in our busy lives and schedule and we, we try to block out everything with music or social media or like, you know, checking constantly Facebook or something to like distract our mind from what's going on. But, um, but really just taking that moment and just silence. And I know that can be really scary for some of you. I know that it was scary for me sometimes to really just face what's actually going on. Um, but that moment of silence of just, um, okay, this is what's going on. And then Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me right now? Yeah, that's really good. I know that in the in the class, one of the exercises that, uh, in the class was to spend 10 minutes with God quietly and then write down what he spoke to you. And it was wasn't it fun to read people's responses to that? Because, you know, I, I think it was really a brand new thing for a lot of people because we live in such a distracted world. So we, I would love that we would have a lot more time. But I just want to can you what's one takeaway What's one thing that you would like everybody to leave here with, uh, one piece of advice you could give them about simplifying and spending time with God? I'm just going to give each of you 30 seconds here. Um, I think the word meditation or meditating scares people because they don't know what it is. So how many in here know how to worry? Do you know how to worry? And what do you do in the worry process? You think about it. You think, oh, what, what if that happens? What if that? And you project ahead and you focus on it and you think about it and you, you over and over and over again. Well, meditation is the same thing, except you pick a scripture. So what I do is um, I take the key verse that I'm studying or that really ministers to my heart, and I just think about it, and I take it apart, and I think about it over the course of the day or over the course of the week, and I meditate on that. And so just learn how to meditate. Get to a place to where, you know, take that little tidbit, take that little verse that, you know, Melanie was talking about, and just, just really apply it to your heart and think about it. And when you do that, then the worrying goes aside also. Good. Melanie? Melanie? Um, I would say a, a, a few months ago, I actually went to a, a retreat called Focus Week, and we um, spent three hours in silence. And I know that's really scary maybe for some of you. Um, but it was really good. And then we all got together, and we got to hear everyone's story of just how they spent those three hours with God. And um, for some people, they were doing, like, Tai Chi. Um, for others, they were, like, writing songs and, and, you know, or some people were playing guitar or some people were meditating on scripture or some people were um, praying, you know. And it, just, it was just all different. And it just, it's just a reflection of just your personality and your relationship with God. And it looks completely different to everyone, like how Miss Norma was saying. Um, so you might have heard, like, different ways of how we do it. But um, just find that special way that you and, and Jesus, you and Jesus do that together, and um, that could be um, however you, you see it, you know, it could be you um, one day, you know, if you look at the Psalms, like, there's times where David's just screaming at God because he's so angry, um, and I think that is, it's biblical, you know, and it's, it's just whatever um, you and Jesus, whatever that looks like for you personally. Thank you, and Anna, what's the last, what piece of advice would you like to give everybody today? Yeah, I think one of the things that really quickens my spirit really quick uh, is worship music. Mm-hmm. I have my favorite worship music. There's certain songs that I, no matter what, it turns my spirit and I'm up there right quickly. But I want to leave with you because it was something that the Lord would kick, kick into my spirit this morning is 
to realize that you belong to the best sheepfold in the, in the world, in the universe. The Lord is my shepherd. That you're not, you're just, you're unique. You belong to the best sheepfold. You are little sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He's not going to put you on the sand or on rocks. He puts you, he makes you lay down in green pastures. He restores your soul. So if anybody could restore all the counseling, well, he restores your soul. He leads you in paths of righteousness, the best paths. He leads you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And he he sets up a table before you in the presence of your enemy. Sometimes our worst enemy is ourselves. But yet, regardless of how I'm feeling, how I'm doing, how badly I'm, he sets a beautiful table before me in the presence of my enemy. He anoints my head with oil. My cup runneth over. And then I love, love, love the way it finishes. Surely, surely, not maybe, surely, goodness. And mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And then I will dwell with him forever. forever. You can't can't beat that. Amen. Amen. He's good. Hallelujah. And can you tell that she's meditated on Psalm 23? She's meditated on it and the different meanings of it. Ladies, I, I can't even tell you. Thank you so much. Was this setting you free? Did it help? All right. Perfect. Thank you so much. Mike. There you go. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. You can give it to Well, this has been awesome. This has just been amazing, amazing, amazing. I've learned a lot, and I've, I've found out a lot of things I don't do that, I, that I, I'm not going to say should. So that I, I want to do. How's that? How's that? We have uh, another door prize. Yes, yes. So, um, Nicole, can you come up quickly? And uh, let me hold this for you. And everybody get out your door prize tickets. This is our last door prize. And then we're going to do one more thing, and we're going to release you for the day. Okay. All right. So the number is 532-213. Nobody? Oh, oh Monica. All right. All right, good. And these door price items are things to help you with your simplifying and organizing. So I want to talk to you for just a minute about uh, our final thing here. And I'm so excited about this uh, because we have... We actually have nine women's small groups that are, we're presenting to you today. And so if you can just hang in with me for just another few minutes. Um, I would like to invite uh, all the small group leaders to go to wherever your poster is right now and, uh, and just hang out there. And uh, I will meet you there in a minute. Um, over for, for the past several months, many of you ladies have been asking me, what are we going to do with women? And here we are. We're doing something with women. Yes. And we're having a great time. Uh, but we just want to, uh, we're going to have events like this, but we would like to orient women around small groups because uh, women do well in small groups. We love each other. We like to hang out together. We like to, um, we like to talk. We like to, we just like to be together, right? Do you guys like to be with other women? 
Amen. So we want to orient uh, our, our women around small groups. Uh, we care for each other in small groups. We, we have care. We have prayer. We have share. We share with each other. We bear each other's burdens in small groups. Is that right? And in small groups, we dare to step out and serve and just to keep the rhyme going in small groups. So we help each other with our hair and what we wear, right? So anyway, that's, yes, okay. This is why I don't tell jokes, because they just, they just never come off when I tell them. So um, um, I'm going to introduce to you our, our, our new nine small groups. And uh, I have uh, brought it up here. Where did I put it? Okay. Women's, this is on your table. If you'd get, get this out and get your pen out, women's small groups. Go ahead and fill out that top part with your personal information. We're going to go through these. These are in alphabetical order. We're going to go through these. And uh, if you have one of them that you think you'd be interested in, in joining or you would just like more information about, if you would check that off. And then when we're finished, I just want to ask you to either hand this to somebody who looks like they know what they're doing or leave it on your table. Okay, one or the other. And uh, I'm going to go through these groups right now, and we're going to start right over here. Um, Tell you a little bit about the leaders, and what else do I need to say? That's good. Okay, so this is the first small group, and it's led by Christina Williams. So let me introduce introduce Christina Williams to you. (laughs) Hi, I'm Christina Williams. (laughs) Okay, this is a group that we've had for about three or four years going. It's called Between the Lines Book Club. Vicki Elabusi named it Between the Lines, or she thought of that idea, I think. And, uh, and so we, sh- we, we read uh, Christian books, uh, almost exclusively Christian. Every now and then it's some 